Welcome to the Hot Level Podcast. It's a Friday. Kevin AC, Padres beat writer, Ryan Finley, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Padres Rays. Rays are 50 and 22. Huh. Wow. Must have put together a lot of win streaks. Huh. They must hit really well. Huh. Actually, I know both those things are true. The Padres, uh, you know, they're uh, they were almost 500. They almost mm-hmm. won. They almost came back last night. That's where we're at. Ryan, where do you want to start? Uh, what's that old song, Kevin? Two out of three ain't bad. Um, two out of three ain't bad, but it ain't good. It. Sure, but, but yeah, but it ain't it ain't necessarily good when you're playing a team and and you stage a comeback like the Padres did last night. Down five nothing in the first inning uh, because of a, a rough start by Ryan Weathers. We'll get to that later. Uh, the Padres rally back, have chances, have guys in scoring position, have the bases loaded with nobody out at one point, um, and uh, just can't get those runs in. On one hand, I think, Kevin, that we're seeing an evolving Padres offense day-to-day. It seems like they're gradually getting better. But these bad habits and these sort of old trends seem to keep popping up. Uh, what'd you make of last night before we get into the rest of the series? Yeah, you know, sometimes they win and they 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 don't hit with runners in scoring positions. As a matter of fact, it happens, it happens quite a bit. You get a lot of home runs. There's they had seven home runs in this series. It's the most in any series at Petco this year. It's clearly warming up. They're clearly feeling good. Um, they're clearly making a lot of opportunities, even more than they were before. You know, that opportunities really haven't been the problem, but their opportunities now are they're they're getting hits. They're getting more hits. Um, yeah, it, it didn't happen last night. I'll tell you this. The Guardians can pitch. The Guardians are not great hitters. So the difference, the difference that you have now with the first place in the AL East Rays coming in is they can pitch and they can hit. Um, the Padres faced a really good bullpen it's the second best uh arguably best uh behind the yankees but it's 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 arguably the best bullpen uh arguably the best closer last night for an inning and two-thirds i believe um or inning and a third uh manual classe um it was hard to be mad at that one like that was the least of the ones you know all these ones where i've been like hey these happen um, but the Padres can't afford for these to happen anymore. Last night, I truly was kind of like, now, like the, the way I wrote my story was, hey, that was as much about their failures as their fight, uh, sure. I believe was uh, what I wrote. That like they did well to come back and almost win. And you had the you had the feeling like, and they had the feeling like they're, you know, we're gonna do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um that was the one though, I was just like. What do you do? You're down five zero. Then you're down six three. You're facing a good bullpen. Like if you're them, you got to go look. A kid we're demoting just got rocked. We yeah. lost the game. Bring on the race. Yeah, it's uh, to me, Kevin. The the disappointing part stems only from the fact that I thought Wednesday was as well as they played all year. I do. I thought Wednesday was as. Good television, as I've seen all year out of them. Um, this was a 5 nothing win. Um, I would be curious to see Kevin uh, win the last time a Padre hit a ball as far as Nelson Cruz did after 9 p.m. or whenever it was at mm. Petco Park. Mm. That ball was destroyed. Fernando Tatis put together, I think, one of the singular performances in recent Padre history. Uh, I thought Wednesday felt like a turning point. And then I fell victim to the same thing that we've done 10 times this year, where you go... Feels like a turning point, and then they come out the next day and give up five in the first inning. I think that's on you, Ryan. No, it, it uh, is on me. I'm, I'm, uh, I should know better. I think I agree with everything you say, and you know, um, I, 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 um, I just, 
I don't ride the waves. I, you know, I take my cues from Manny Machado, you know, figure like my numbers are going to be about the same at the end of the year as they always are on my baseball card. Um, uh, he was at your, your news, your night. newsletter subscriptions. Yeah, uh, he, was at, yeah. he was at it again last night. Um, so <laughs> yes, uh, really fantastic. But see, uh, in terms of Wednesday's game, there it's just been better. Like I get it. Um, I get I, whenever I write about like a guy who has been hitting the ball hard, but making outs, I get emails who cares. And then suddenly weird, the guy's seven for uh, 16 over, uh, over the course of four games, right? Because he was trending that way. That's the Padres offense. Um, do they need to put together wins? Have they put themselves in a bad spot? You know, we're, um, if, if they were that hitter, they were hitting like 185 before that. So like they really need to go get hot. That is absolutely true. But there's just a lot of good going on right now. Like, there is. I, I mean, Hassan Kim last night was just magnificent. He was why they call him awesome, Kim. He was like, he plays his regular defense. He got a hit. It was a double. He walked but it starts with how he ran the bases. He's smart. He's fearless. Like he's the guy that, how do I put this? Like he's, he's what they would love Trent Grisham to be in terms of if, if he could just hit 220, man, we'd be so happy with Trent Grisham because of that defense that he gives. Like Hassan Kim is, is everything pretty much. They thought maybe a little more power, but he is magnificent. Every Padre fan I know, Kevin, especially this season, um, they like Manny Machado a ton. Uh, what Joe Musgrove has done for this organization puts him in the pantheon of all-time great Padres. Uh, every Padre fan who I know this year has fallen head over heels in love with Hassan Kim. That that's, that's and it's and it's funny because we've seen some of this right from him, um, you, but it seems like he's finding new ways to impact the game day in and day out while still not really hitting well. Like I mean, while still being about who he's always been at the plate. Um, you know, the base running, I mean, last night I saw a tweet, I think it was from Tom Kraswick said, Hassan Kim has decided he's going to run until he gets thrown out. And it's kind of true. Well um, put. Kras. Kras has a way with words, <laughs> but you know, this is, uh, he, I think that lost in all the talk about the big four, not from you, Kevin, but from other people, I think that lost in all the talk about the big four this year is the fact that Hassan Kim's having a breakout. I, I don't know if he's an all-star, but I think he's having a great year. I know I would love to push this guy for the all-star game, but like that would be the biggest Homer move ever because people in other markets would be like, what are you talking about? Like, right. but that's kind of what it is. I may end up writing like one of those whimsical stories of, you know, how could, you know, could Ha Sung Kim be an all-star because we do know what he means to this team. And the reality is like, if the big four were what everybody thought they would be, then maybe Ha Sung Kim wouldn't have taking some of these opportunities, right? Like, you know, cause they'd be winning 12 to nothing all the time. And I'm being a little facetious, but like um, he's been what they needed him to be. He is, uh, you know, I don't know which one you liked better last night. So one of the uh, plays on which he scored, he scored from second base on a grounder. He took off on a ball off the end of Brandon Dixon's bat that went at 58, I think, miles an hour toward first baseman Josh Bell. Xander Bogarts easily scores because it's a slow roller. Hassan Kim sees that it's a slow roller, never stops. Briefly, if you watch, slows down rounding third just a brief, just a little bit 
to just for a nanosecond to look at Josh Bell, sees Josh Bell, the first baseman, dive for first base to do the like glove tag of the bag to barely get Dixon, and Hassan Kim scores, and he scores easily. Great slide, but he scores easily. Now there's that one. Then there was Hassan Kim's double. He's on second base. This is uh, two innings later. And uh, Nelson Cruz hits a grounder to shortstop. Hassan Kim has taken off. He's going for third. It's a risky play. Even riskier, the broken bat from Nelson Cruz arrives in front of third base in the path of the slide at the same time as the ball from Ahmed Rosario, the shortstop, to the third baseman, Jose Ramirez. And Hassan Kim just slides headfirst, chest, stomach, over the shard, the it was fortunately for him, it was the uh, most of the bat basically is how mm-hmm. it broke, but right over the bat, and he's safe. Which one was your favorite? Oh, now I would say anytime you can score from second on a ground ball to the first baseman, yeah, cool. That's Tatis <laughs> level. Well, that's the thing. So, and again, if Tatis becomes the standard that we judge everything else by, we're always going to be disappointed, right? Because Tatis is a singular guy. But if Fernando Tatis had done those two things last night. <laughs> would that be number one on sports center's top plays? Would that be a headline this big, even in our paper? I mean, I think it would be the, the things that Hassan Kim is doing. I think yeah. on this team get overshadowed because he's yeah. not a household name outside of San Diego. Right. Right. That, and that's what we were talking about. Like here, it's like, that's super exciting. All that. You're right. It tossed he's what it did is it just added to his lore. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Although, we catalog it. We talk about it. It was scoring from third on a pop fly. It was he has scored from second on a grounder before. Um, he's gone first to third on a grounder. He scored from he scored on a comebacker to the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so like yes, this would just be added to the lore. That's a very good way to put it. I, you know how much I love perspective. Love that, Ryan. <laughs> the uh, quickly, I, I I can't let a podcast pass without talking about what Tatis did on Wednesday night. Um. <clears throat> Maybe one of the more impressive performances you'll see in terms of just the scope of his game. Um, Kevin, what was your favorite thing that he did on Wednesday? Because I can tell you what mine was. Probably the throw in the ninth inning, even though, you know, yeah, just all that went into it. He he had to feel the ball like the caromed off the wall. He had the, the, the runner turned hard to go to second. Tatis was looking there, sort of deked him like the guy didn't think he needed to get back. And you saw like, that arm's so strong, it's almost unfair. Like, he's throwing towards second, he shifts and throws a laser to first. Cronenworth does not put a great tag. Now, look, putting a tag down with a guy sliding you can be tricky. I didn't get a chance to talk to Jake about it, but guy was almost safe, kind of looked safe to me. I thought he was, I thought he was safe. They said yeah. it stood, <laughs> which means they it, it wasn't you know, confirmed. Uh, they just couldn't overturn it, which is weird. I thought that Soto's would have been the same last night, by the way. I don't know how they overturned that, that uh, call, that steal of third, but anyway, replay. Uh, that was my favorite. What yeah. you? Yeah. Same. It was Patrick Mahomes ish. His, his hips are going mm. one way. His feet are mm-hmm. going one way. And then all of a sudden the ball goes kind of at a 45 degree angle. Um, yeah. Just shows you what he can do. Shows, yeah, I mean, but with the, the two stolen bases, uh, the home run, uh, you know, yeah, uh, there was mm-hmm. a there was a nice sliding catch out there. Um, he made a catch last night in foul territory, just classic Tatis, and this is part of why he is a showman. He gets that that's important. By the way, he waits at his locker to 
that the media can come talk to him. Um, I tend to not make a big deal out of that publicly, um, but I will. What why that should be important to people is he's there to talk for you, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's right. there to talk for you. Like he knows that's a part of his job. Like there's everything about him. He gets it. Mm-hmm. That is a part of me explaining this foul ball that he caught last night where he overran the ball. He slipped on kind of the, 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 the dirt made the catch all casual, right. After overrunning the ball and then kind of struts away. <laughs> Not in any way, more like ironically, like humorous, like, ha ha, this is fun. Look at me. Like, not look at me. I don't want people to think like that. But like, you know, everything he does is fun. I wrote about it in the newsletter. I don't know if you're watching on TV and you caught it. The first out of Wednesday night's game before this incredible game he had. Rugnet Odor catches the second baseman, drifts back into shallow right field to catch a fly ball. Tatis is running in. He's jogging in. Uh, Odor catches the ball. Tatis runs up behind him and does a flying. He gets as high as, you know, uh, Odor's not tall. A flying karate kick to the back of Odor's head. Never comes close to the head. But, like, and I'm thinking, that's one of the more remarkable things I've seen on a ball field because it's a grown man acting like an eight-year-old, like all of us have seen that little boy on the t-ball field do mm-hmm. but this guy's about to have maybe the best game of his life at the, in the major leagues and he is goofing off in right field that's his kids love him kevin we've talked about this before kids love him my kids love him um i think part of it is because he looks like a superhero he dresses yeah. a little bit like a superhero but uh when you are smiling uh every time they show you on tv i think that that connects with all people and especially kids um, the changing topics here to somebody who's still very young, as you pointed out in today's newsletter, uh, practically a kid, uh, Ryan Weathers, another rough one last night. Uh, they're going to send him down um, following his latest rough start. What's the corresponding move? And is this the, the lifesaver that uh, Nabil Krismat was waiting for? I think, I think it is. And okay. uh, that was the indication yesterday. And I think that kind of, it was like the Padres kind of knew it all along, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how long Nabil Chrismat is for this team. Right. But they, like, this bullpen game last night, like, people are, uh, seem to be up in arms uh, mm-hmm. about the bullpen game. It was always going to be a bullpen game. It was not supposed to be a seven and one-third innings of the bullpen. You know, have to mm-hmm. waste Nick Martinez two innings last night. But um, it was always going to be that. And that was in the works when, you know, the front office decided that Sunday was going to be a bullpen game by pulling Ryan Weathers after three innings in Colorado. So it was kind of like they had in their mind, like, if this goes poorly, mm-hmm. right, this will be our answer for what we do with Nabil Chris Matt now, because he doesn't have minor league options and there, you know, it was either this or he goes and pitches for another team. So, right. Right. He said something broke my heart, Kevin. Uh, nah, he's the best. Oh, he said it. Please tell the people if, if they didn't read it in your newsletter. Was well, the newsletter? way that he puts yeah. things are, is just awesome and understand that uh, his English is impeccable, but he's Colombian and mm-hmm. um, and he speaks it uh, in a very romantic way. Uh, but he uh, I wish I could read it. He uh, said, sometimes you fall in love uh, with a team and, and, and the team uh, doesn't feel that way. 
And he went on to talk about why he feels like he owes the Padres. He feels he's feeling really good and all this. And then he says, you know, and, and he says, you know, sometimes you have to go somewhere else. And that's why you don't fall in love. <laughs> oh, he's, uh, I, 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 one of my joys, because I do talk to him uh, so much, is that when I read silently, the voice I hear in my head is Nabil saying those words. Kevin, I'm not going to compare him to Craig Stammen because Craig Stammen was here longer. And, uh, and obviously had a, yeah, and, and had a big leadership role. You show respect to that man. <laughs> yes, I, I am. Um, but but I think that one of the things that would sadden me if Chris Matt were no longer on this team is this is a guy who, I mean, the sheer nature of his role was he was a mop-up guy for a while. Then he turned himself into kind of a seventh-inning guy for a while, was a spot starter. I mean, I still think of the start of the 2022 season in Arizona where Blake Snell can't go. They start new Bill Krismat. I think Padres won like 10 nothing or 9-1 or something that day. Um, was a guy who who sort of took on any and every role that the Padres threw at him. Me speaking personally, I think it would be sad if the Padres actually did make a run here and the Bill Krismat was somewhere else. But I also know it's a business. Right. And also because, you know, his fastball runs 89 to 92, uh, more 89 ish. Uh, and, and he's out there with the curve and the change and, and yeah. he's doing it. And he looks, he's looks like and the way he carries himself uh, that he, he believes he's throwing 99. Yeah. Uh, so that that's always fun. Yeah. Look, um, some other guys came up and pitched well. Uh, they have Suarez on the horizon. They, you know, moved Martinez to the bullpen. Yeah, this the, this writing is on the wall, and I think it was on the wall for Nabil, uh, you know. But he got a little lifeline, I think, and 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 they're fortunate that that they have a guy that has done it and that you know can step in right now. Um, we'll see. Yeah, Padres may need some fresh bullpen arms. The uh, Tampa Bay Rays are a very good baseball team. Um, from what you've seen, looking at not only their stats but what the Padres have this weekend, Kevin, uh, what are the Padres in for? Well, they got uh, at least two good starters. Uh, Shane McClanahan tonight goes against you, Darvish, and then uh, tomorrow Zach Eflin uh, against Blake Snell. Blake Snell faces former team, and he does love him some Rays. He loved his time there. Uh, you know, he loves their pitching coach, uh, the manager. Uh, he, yeah, this that'll be big. Uh, and then don't know TBD against Joe Musgrove. So the Potters have their guys going. You know, I guess minus Michael Walker, right? The right. ace. Right. Um, but, yeah. uh, the, the Padres got their guys going, the Rays got two of their guys going. Mm. They got, they're, they're good. They're all around good, man. They're, yeah. I mean, they are, uh, the A's took care of them, uh, mm. th- this week, uh, as they were amassing, the A's were amassing their seven game winning streak, but yeah, look, here's the thing. The Rays know the Padres are good though. Right. Yeah. Like, like the Padres are playing well, the Padres can do their little two or three thing. They could. They're, they, I can't stress to you last night, like Manny Machado had his 110-mile-an-hour home run. He had a 108-mile-an-hour single, and he looked terrible on two strikeouts. He was mm-hmm. facing good pitchers. Mm-hmm. Like the Indians, the Indians will probably win the Central. Guardians. 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 I, first time I did it all year. I know. Wow. I know. How did you I bragged about it last time that you hadn't done it yet. Anyway, go ahead. That's why. You knew it was going to happen. <laughs> Wow. The Guardians. Guardians are good. Right. Guardians. It's really disappointing. Last year, I cut myself slack. This year, I don't know how that happened. Um, the Thank you for correcting me. The Guardians are, you know, 
are whatever they are three games back and and they're uh three games under 500 or whatever it is uh they can't hit right they're worse than the Padres right and and they don't really even have the potential besides um Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor of of having the home runs uh but they can pitch man especially their bullpen so like what the Padres did last night they were facing a bullpen game essentially last night so the Padres can could do well in this series it's just that they're playing a good team and they need to con- continue playing well I'm so pushing back on like riding the roller coaster, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I believe anymore because of how many times it looked like, Oh, well, this might be the night. This might be the night. I refuse. The Padres are going to need to go and win eight of 10 for me to say, okay, they're back. But I'm telling you, the numbers are there. It does look like the Padres are back. This is a big, this is a big series toward that. It it, it is. Sure. Sure. Kevin, I, I like to get weird at the end of these podcasts every once in a while, especially when we're heading into a weekend. You do. You caught me last. Uh, you caught me last time. Um, I completely spaced that Alfonso Rivas was on the roster uh, last time. Oh, about yesterday. about who they would send down. If yeah, we, yeah, completely yeah, yeah. spaced on that because I mean, there was alarm going off in my head. Like, no, they got to keep. Uh, they got to keep Dixon because uh, you know he does this and this and okay, uh huh. I couldn't for the life of me. But so go ahead. How are you going to stump me here? No, I'm not going to stump you here. Um, Just woke up, man. I I keep hearing that Emmanuel Classe is a former Padre. (laughs) I keep hearing that Zach Eflin is a former Padre. In your mind, at what point does somebody become a Padre? And when can you refer to them as a former Padre? Well, they're a former Padre if they were on the team. But, but that's a technicality. Sure. Right. Like you were in the minor league system and you were traded and, you know, yeah, I guess technically you could have uh, you could have been on the Padres at some point. Mm-hmm. The Padres do have an inordinate amount of guys that play for other organizations that used to be in their organization. They do not have the most. I know it seems like it, but that's that my opacity that fans and media have that of watching your own organization and seeing guys, right. That go elsewhere. And then of course, having a trade happy uh, general manager who basically just completely remakes the roster and is looking to remake it at all times. Uh, Absolutely. Those are all valid, but there's a hell of a lot of uh, Emmanuel. Well, can't say that. The Padres do have some really good players that are playing for other organizations. Cause Emmanuel Classe is uh, he might be the Classe. Right. <laughs> of closers uh but no he's uh he's very good but uh yeah i don't think that's i don't think that's like a former padre but yeah it's tough to overlook when it's tough to overlook like cory kluber cory kluber cory kluber is he a former padre it's tough it's tough i i don't know i i feel like it's used against uh i feel like it is used against preller frequently that all these guys are former padres and while i stand my logic is it's different when you're on the team and they've seen you and they've decided that they're going to move on from you. Ty France. Okay. Ty France is a former Padre. Ty France yep. played a ton, was involved in a trade for another big leaguer, former Padre. Manuel Classe, to be honest, Kevin, the first time I heard that he was a former Padre must have been a year and a half ago, two years ago. I had no idea. Well, he'd become a Ranger before. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, you know this, even before I had this job, I pay attention. Yeah. I pay attention. I pay attention. And uh, to say that he is a former Padre, I, I think is interesting. Thank you for getting weird with me there, Kevin. I, uh, every time they mentioned it and he was pitching last night and it was mentioned every time it's mentioned, I kind of go like he was, he was in class a when the Padres traded him. I mean, is he a former Padre? You, 
Thank you for doing that. Thank you for saying, Kevin, you silly man. Uh, hold my beer. I'm going to make a worse pun. Um, yeah. Look, Preller's brought this on himself. Right. 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 Like, like, like he has. And, and, and I will, I was just talking with someone in the, uh, about this the other day. Like I, what they've done here in trying mm-hmm. to go for it, I'll, I'll never slam it, man. Now maybe you did it poorly is what ends up being the epitaph, mm-hmm. but I will never slam this. Uh, the, 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 this blowing up the team and bringing in a new team. I, uh, you, you went for it, man. You went for it, but then you bring on yourself. Oh, look at all this guy. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. But all I wanted to do was provide perspective. I've done the Excel spreadsheet. Yeah. The Padres do not have the most former Padres as in, mm-hmm. including the Emmanuel classes and, and Corey Kluber's uh, mm-hmm. Zach Eflin's. They do not have the most. It's not even like second most or third most. Uh, there's a lot of teams that do what the Padres do. Maybe not with the high profile, definitely not with the high profile both ways that the Padres right. have done it. Sure. And, and again, to, to quote uh, Peter Seidler, I believe, who said this, I think, Kevin, thinking about all the, the players that the Padres have traded uh, so they can field a $200 million team full of superstars, it's what we call a champagne problem. I think that we'd rather, we would Eric rather Grubner. have yes. Eric Grubner. I'm sorry. That's what we would call a champagne problem. I think that we would rather talk about that than, uh, wonder uh, which uh, rule five pick or which four rule five picks are going to stick on the team. So, you know, that's an interesting thing. I go back and forth with that in my head. My coverage tends toward, especially as you get to the, to this point of the season, uh, my coverage tends towards, this is a team that has put itself in a a place to be a contender. So like we have to hold them to a high standard. Okay. That's, that's, that's important. But I, but like, it is sometimes good to remember the team I was covering four years ago. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. where, you know, the Padres got back to 500 on July 6th by taking three of four at Dodger Stadium. Right before the all-star break. Yep. In no way did I think they were going to the playoffs. Right. Right. In no way did I think they were going to the playoffs. They did some of the players and were pissed that, you know, when they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Got no help. Right. AJ Preller, even though he threw Andy Green under the bus. Uh, at that time by saying, yeah, we think we can, after trading away from Mil Reyes, um, you know, we think that we uh, have a playoff team. Uh, he did not think they were going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So like that wasn't that long ago, even though Manny Machado is the only guy left from that team and Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, are the only guys left from that team. It's pretty really? cool uh, for, for fans. It's pretty cool no. for a guy who has to watch every game. Right. Mm-hmm. And believe me, as much as I love baseball by September of that year, it's has to watch. Right. right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, very blessed, really fortunate. I always said it. I said it for the first uh, two years back on the baseball beat. I love baseball, even bad baseball. Mm-hmm. But this is so much better. I spent a, an inordinate amount of time in my life, Kevin, uh, thinking about Franchi Cordero and Alan Cordoba. And who is that guy who they traded to the Brewers? He was an outfielder. That guy, uh, <laughs> the guy who was their number one prospect, they brought him up one year. He didn't do anything. I, I've spent way too much of my grown adult. I'm a, I'm a Chase man. Peterson. No, different guy. Outfielder, slugger. Um, oh, no, no. Uh, I know who anyway. you're talking about. Yes. Our listeners are screaming it into their yes, uh, I know, I know, I know. smart devices. But oh, you did it. You finally did it at the end of the show. You got me. <laughs> but I've, I'm, I'm a grown man. I have children in a life and stuff. I've spent way too much of my time thinking about guys who turned into kind of blips on the radar. Um, I, I'm relishing the fact that we think every series matters in June um, because uh, every series has not mattered in June in the history of the San Diego Padres. 
Absolutely. Uh, when me and that other old guy used to do this podcast back then, the reason it's called the hot lava, right. Mm -hmm. uh, is because, you know, it was referring to the hot lava that was going to become molten rock. Right. Well, mm -hmm. no, actually the hot lava was just going to become trade chips, but, um, uh, that by this time of the year, that's all we were talking about. Where's Tatis, you know, right. what's happening? Oh, Hey, do you think, uh, what this start of Eric Lauer's here, what does that <laughs> mean for his future and all that? Uh, sure. So if we had a crystal ball, it would have been like, hey, what guys do you think he's going to package for uh, trades? Uh, you know, uh, hey, that kid they just drafted, uh, C.J. Abrams, uh, they're going to put him with Mackenzie Gore one day probably to get one of the best players in the game. Uh, mm. But we didn't have a crystal ball. Uh, we no. thought those guys would be uh, would be future Padres, not former yes. Padres. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Prospects. There's this thing called the Internet, by the way, that both mm -hmm. of us are on right now. But – I, as an old guy, like to try to remember these things rather than Google them all the time or go on baseball I, I, reference. I yes. like try. I, I, I want later in the day for that name to come to me. So, I know. I know. It's, and it's, it's going to drive me crazy, Kevin. So I've, yeah. I've brought this on to myself. Uh, we are hitting the 30-minute mark here, and uh, I think that that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin, you and I will touch base again Monday. You will be in San Francisco in June. I hope that it is sunnier there than it uh, has been in San Diego in June. And uh, we'll be talking about a rare National League West series between uh, the Padres and the San Francisco Giants. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of the Hot Lava Podcast. For Kevin Nacy, Ryan Finley. We'll see you next time.